Good morning, faith community. We're continuing our walk through the New Testament as we read through the New Testament in a year. I hope that you're appreciating spending time daily in God's Word. This is our food. This is what sustains us. We find ourselves today in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, what's interesting about the book of Ephesians, it's really easy to outline. The first three chapters are all about the spiritual reality of who we are in Christ Jesus. The second three chapters are all about our practice as spiritual creatures in Christ Jesus. So the first three chapters are really focused on the spiritual aspect of our identity. And the second three chapters are really focused on our practice. What does that look like in our life? And so what does it mean that we need to live out the life of Christ? What does that look like specifically? So first three chapters are really setting the spiritual foundation and the second three chapters are the application. And so he says this right in verse 1 to sort of introduce this new part. He says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received. So he spent three chapters explaining their calling, explaining who they are in Christ. And now he says, walk worthy of that. We have a responsibility. We have this great salvation entrusted to us. And we need to walk in that. We need to stand on that reality of our identity in Christ Jesus. But what does that look like? The very first thing that Paul wants to address when he describes walking worthy is the unity in the body of Christ the unity of the church. Listen to what he says. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in all. First thing that Paul wants them to understand is that in order to walk worthy of this calling, they need to have unity. And the reason they have unity is because there's not a distinction in the way that they were saved. They were saved through one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And He's above all and through all. And what we saw in chapter 2, I talked to you about that a few days ago, is there's not a distinction between Jew and Greek. But what he's saying here is there's not a distinction between anyone. In chapter 2, he's focusing specifically on the unity across that division between Jew and Gentile. In chapter 4, he's focusing on the unity across any division within the body. There should be no division. And the key to that unity is what he introduces in verse 2. Humility, gentleness patience, bearing with one another in love. The community connected to Christ Jesus through the new covenant should be a community that's identified by their humility, by their patience for each other, by their bearing with each other in one. We are unified because we have one spirit. As you bear with one another in love, understand that your brother or sister has the same spirit working inside of them love for you, that's working inside of you, love for them. We are not out to get each other. We are all in this for each other. And this is what maintains the bond of unity. He says this in verse 7, Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. What he's going to get into, he's going to talk, start talking about gifts. 
And one of the problems in the church is the church often divides over gifts. I want to spend time with people who are passionate about the things that I'm passionate about. And what that means sometimes is I'm going to want to spend time only with people who are spiritually gifted in the same way that I am. Because they get excited about the same things that excite me in the church. That's dangerous. That's going against the unified diversity that God has designed in the church. What he's designed is for there to be unique gifts that connect us to each other. They don't separate us from each other. So God gives gifts to make us diverse so that we might be one. The point of diverse gifts is unity. He says this in verse 11, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. He says he gives unique gifts, he gives unique roles. He gives us leaders in the church, teachers, preachers. These people are given to the gift to equip the saints for what? The work of the ministry. It's so important to understand that the reason that God gives leaders and teachers to the church isn't so people can sit and be entertained, isn't even so people can just simply receive teaching from them. It's so people can do something with what they hear. That's the point of why the Word of God is proclaimed. That's the point of all of the science classes that we have here, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And what that means is none of us should ever be a stagnant, stagnant pond. We should all be a channel that God's Spirit is constantly flowing through onto the world, onto the world around us. Every single one of us has unique gifts. And so what that means is as we hear the Word, it's going to convict us differently. The things that we do are going to be different. And that diversity is part of God's design for unity. Now what this means is we all need to recognize that we are essential to the function of the body. There isn't a single component of the body that's not essential to growth into our head, into Christ Jesus. He says this in verse 15, But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ, from him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body by building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. We're meant to build each other up in love, but how does that work? How does building each other up in love work? He explained it in verse 15, speaking the truth in love. The means by which we utilize our gifts to build the body is by speaking to each other, speaking truth. To each other. Sometimes it's hard to tell people the truth. Sometimes it's hard when you see somebody struggling to come alongside them and just encourage them and be there for them and support them in their burden. When you see somebody rebelling, sometimes it's hard to speak the truth to them. But here's the reality. That's a community responsibility. So often we think that the responsibility for speaking the truth to people is only the responsibility of the leaders. The leaders for sure have that responsibility. But how God has designed the community of saints is that we all have eyes on each other. We all see when our brother or sister needs encouragement. We all see when our brother or sister needs a rebuke. And we're faithful to do that, each in our own location. Not a single one of us can connect with every single person in the body. And here's one of the dangers 
One of the dangers is believing that church discipline is only something for the elders of the church to practice. Church discipline in Matthew 18 is God's design for a healthy, thriving community. Because what it looks like is you see your brother and they're sinning and you go to them. And you have one conversation and you win them back. And if they don't, you could be wrong, they could be wrong. So you go get more people. And every single time you go and you talk to them, you're talking to them, taking heed to yourself, lest you also fall after the same manner of disobedience. If every single one of us was faithful to exhort the ones who are near to us in the church, to rebuke the ones who are near to us in the church, to bear the burdens of the ones who are near to us in the church, we will have a thriving, healthy community. And that happens so often here at Faith Community. It's such a blessing for me to see so many doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. It's essential if we're going to conduct our function correctly in the body, we have to open our mouth. Anybody who's not having spiritual conversations with their brother and their sister in the church of Christ is not an effective body part. Every body part has to communicate with every other body part. If any form of communication is cut off from one body part to the rest, that body part dies. Think about it. You cut off the circulation to your finger. What's going to happen? It's going to die because my body needs that communication. It needs the nerve sending signals. It needs the blood sending blood flow. We need that too. What you'll notice oftentimes is that people who are rebelling against God leave the church. And the reason they do that is because they don't want to hear the truth. One of the tragedies is sometimes those people can stay in the church because nobody says anything to them. They're allowed to, they're allowed to slide underneath the radar. That shouldn't be allowed if we're all making sure we're connecting to the people who are close to us in the church. We need to constantly be looking for new people, new visitors, connecting to them, building relationships with them. But every single one of us has a responsibility in the sphere of people God has brought into our life to speak the truth to them in love. In, in verse 22, he says this, Take off your former way of life the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. Therefore, put away lying, speak the truth with each one his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his own hands so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need so that it gives grace to those who hear. What Paul's doing in Ephesians 4, 22-29 is he's modeling speaking the truth in love. He just now told us we're supposed to speak the truth in love. What does that look like? It looks like this. It looks like reminding our brothers and sisters those clothes don't fit you. Those are not the clothes you wear anymore. That's the wrong outfit. Have you ever maybe gotten dressed in the dark and realized when you turn on the lights that you're wearing somebody else's clothes? That's happened to me before. This happens to believers too. We pick up things and we put them on. Malice, anger, filthy language, that's not who we are. And we need to remind each other of that. This is how you speak the truth in love. Brother, sister, that's not who you are anymore. Those clothes don't fit. Those shoes don't fit. Put on your identity in Christ. What does he say? In verse 31, he says, Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, slander be removed from you along with all malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in 
Christ. This unity only works if we're speaking the truth in love with a heart of forgiveness. We're not going to people who are struggling and holding on to our anger over the way they've sinned against us. Rather, before we even have a conversation, we've already forgiven them in our heart. The forgiveness we receive from Christ is a forgiveness we diffuse on everyone who surrounds us. Forgiveness binds us together in unity because the one who is forgiven much, that's the one who loves much. This is who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't forget it. Live out your identity. Put into practice who you are in Christ, living as a unified community of believers. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Go and share it with somebody else. Thank you.